Welcome to BitCast on Podcast One, the video game podcast with the Axeman. Welcome back to the show. Punch-Out! is a bona fide Nintendo classic. Most of their heavy hitters got their start on the NES. Punch-Out! originated in the arcades, meaning that it predates even the likes of Zelda and Metroid. I only ever played the Wii version, and I played it five years after it was already out, but I had a good time with it. Just like with Skyward Sword, I had a visceral satisfaction from swinging the controller and having it amount to hitting a fictional person. Ugh, what a way to start the podcast. Visceral enjoyment of carnage. The anti-video game people aren't gonna like that one. Punch-Out, for all its longevity, doesn't actually have that many games under its belt. Let's hit them in order. 1983, for Japan, other regions had to wait a year, the first Punch-Out! was released on a dual-screen arcade cabinet. Also, wow, Nintendo riding the dual-screen train ages before the Nintendo DS. So I guess some Game & Watch models had that too. Anyway, it was a simple arcade game, and you played as an unnamed rookie. You weren't quite Little Mac yet, and there was no Doc Lewis there to guide you. The player would battle a series of menacing boxers, each more nationally stereotypical than the last. And I guess I'd like to get it out of the way. I don't think it's worth getting upset over that. I can already picture all the YouTube think pieces and clickbait lists. Here's 10 reasons why Punch-Out! is racist, or top 10 most racist series, with Punch-Out! prominently in the thumbnail. I think it's done in a harmless way. It's silly and cartoony. It's not vilifying any of these national, not racial, national, stereotypes beyond being sports opponents. And it's a Japanese game, and there's a Japanese boxer who's just as stereotypical as the rest, so there's not even any preferential treatment. Even the Wii version, which was made in Canada, they went all out with the Canadian boxer. Okay, Aaron Ryan and the Wii version might be a little questionable, but I'm not Irish, and I can't speak for them. I thought he was funny, though. Well, then again, I guess there's also Pizza Pasta, the very blatantly Italian boxer, but he's the only arcade character to never come back in any form, so even Nintendo doesn't want to touch that guy anymore. So with all that out of the way, the most recognized of the Punch-Out! family would have to be the NES version which hit the shelves around the same time as the arcade, maybe a little later. That's the one that formally introduced Little Mac and Doc Lewis. It gave us the star punch technique, it changed Vodka Drunkinski to Soda Popinski, and it introduced more of the iconic opponents, including the man himself, Mike Tyson. One of the executives of Nintendo saw one of Tyson's matches and decided to make an updated version of the NES game that would include Mike Tyson as the final boss, and that's how he got Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. And he is infamously one of the most difficult boss battles in any Nintendo game, surprisingly close to recreating Mike's actual fighting style. Eventually, Nintendo's contract with Mike expired, and he lost his heavyweight title, so he was removed from future editions of the game. And all of that happened about a year before all the Mike Tyson scandals came to light. But I imagine it was a good reason for Nintendo to double down on not renewing their deal with him. Future versions of the NES Punch-Out! game and virtual console re-releases would have a palette swap, and also a head swap, named Mr. Dream. He fought exactly the same as Mike Tyson, except he was named Mr. Dream.
and he came from Dreamland. So, I don't know, I guess he was Kirby's roommate or something. No one likes Mr. Dream, he's just very lazy filler to replace Mike Tyson. Super Punch-Out was the SNES game, and it was a little different than the NES one. Gameplay more resembled the arcade version, and while it brought back a few boxers from the previous edition, a lot of new ones were introduced. A lot of them were suspiciously similar to Absentee Boxers. Gabby J was basically Glass Joe after accelerated aging. The Boxers tended to be really boring, or just so crazy that it started hurting suspension of disbelief. And yes, that's after watching the magician Great Tiger in the NES game. Super Punch-Out kept up the series' tendency to recycle boxers within their own game. Look back at the NES one, and you'll find that every opponent except for King Hippo all shares a body type with at least one other opponent. And that holds true for Super Punch-Out as well. You can see it most easily with Bear Hugger and Mad Clown. Super Punch-Out also bears the same title as an updated version of the arcade game, which might actually be a proper sequel and installment in the series now that I think of it. But people generally remember the console games anyway. Even I struggle to remember any of the arcade games when I think about the series, so I don't really find a need to get wrapped up in the technicalities there. Though I think Bear Hugger was introduced in the arcade Super Punch-Out, so you have that. Other than a spin-off arcade game about arm wrestling, which was called arm wrestling. The series wouldn't see the light of day for another 15 years, but come 2009, we get the third or fourth, uh, I'll say fourth, fourth proper entry in the series, Punch-Out. Yeah, they did the thing where the new game just copies the title of an older game in the series. I get the sense that this was meant to be sort of a reboot, hence the title. That would also explain why this game is so faithful to the NES outing. Almost every boxer from Mike Tyson's Punch-Out is here, and they all fight in essentially the same way. It's practically a remake. They did reorganize the order you fight everyone, including knocking Super Macho Man down from his champion position and promoting Mr. Sandman into the final boss role. They also made it so you fight Don Flamenco once instead of twice. The only no-show would be Mr. Dream, and nobody misses him. And of course, they're not going to bring Mike Tyson back, but they did make Mr. Sandman a little more Tyson-esque to make up for it. They also added boxers from the SNES game, Aaron Ryan and Bear Hugger, though, again, Bear Hugger technically comes from one of the arcade games. Besides that, they also introduced a brand new boxer, Disco Kid, but he has a few similarities to one of the arcade-exclusive fighters named Kid Quick. Duck Lewis even makes indirect reference to Kid Quick, so I think that they just took that character and made him Disco Kid. On top of all that, if you play the post-game, Max Last Stand, you have a random chance of encountering Donkey Kong, of all people, who is now one of the most difficult boxers in the whole series. And if that's not enough for you, then you have to survive Max Last Stand long enough to even challenge Donkey Kong. Lose three times in Max Last Stand? That's it. You can't play that save file anymore. Or at least not career mode. And if that happens before you face Donkey Kong, well, too bad. It said that originally they wanted you to fight Princess Peach instead, and I have no idea 
why they thought that would work or why they thought she would be a fitting character for Little Mac to face. She would be the first female opponent, I suppose, but just kind of weird to box against Princess Peach. Donkey Kong is a much more suitable option. Though, now that I think of it, I'd love to see Captain Falcon enter the ring and give Mac the old Falcon Punch. Outside of Super Smash Brothers, anyway. One major addition to the Wii version is the title defense mode. After you beat all the boxers in the story mode, or the career mode, you have to do it all over again, in the same order. But while you were a contender before, now in title defense, you are, well, as the title implies, you are defending your champion belt, and everyone is a harder version of themselves. They're quicker, they have more damaging attacks, they have a lot of fake-outs, King Hippo straps a sewer cover to his chest. I heard that people have a tendency to die, well, <laughs> die, they lose to the title defense version of Glass Joe because... He is deceptively more difficult than the regular Glass Joe, and he's a lot slower than the World Circuit people you just got used to fighting. So it really just shakes up the whole game. And, ugh, I had my fill of punching when I barely defeated Mr. Sandman. I don't see the need to put my belt up for grabs. I'm done with the game after winning it the first time. So, going on to Max Last Stand, the randomized fights will always be against the title defense versions of every boxer. Title defense seems like a really inventive mode for the Punch-Out! series, and it's a good way to keep the Wii game from feeling too much like a retread of the NES one. I can see it becoming a regular feature in future games, if they bother to make any. Punch-Out! is not popular in Japan, Look at Metroid, it's a much bigger series, and even they had a hard time getting consistent releases. It was all quiet on the Metroid front, ever since 2010, when Other M put everyone in a bad mood. Metroid's only just now crawling out of the hiatus hole, so Punch-Out's not getting any favors anytime soon. But a man can dream, dog on it. Back when Club Nintendo was a thing, and... Uh, as a quick summary, it was an online reward program for people who bought Nintendo games brand new and entered codes online. One high-level reward was the ability to download a short little side game called Doc Lewis's Punch-Out, where you spar with Doc Lewis, and it takes place in the Wii game. It's got the Wii game's engine and assets and all that. You just fight against Doc Lewis in increasing levels of difficulty, and you'll learn that he invented the Star Punch technique. He even has his own version of it. The game was removed before incredibly long, but when Club Nintendo was dying in 2015, Nintendo put Doc Lewis's Punch-Out back up, this time as a reward for any level, so I took the opportunity to grab it, and it was a fun time. I got back into the groove pretty easily. I wasn't used to it because it had been so many months since I last played Punch-Out, but it felt very familiar. As I said, Punch-Out has been around for decades, but it only has four proper titles. Okay, maybe five, but yeah, four to five. I think the Nintendo Switch's Joy-Con would make it the perfect console for another Punch-Out game, and I secretly hope for it every so often. But until then, we're stuck with what we have, which isn't horrible. Each game has its fans, or at least the console ones do. I don't know anyone clamoring for the arcade game to come around. 
I guess ARMS could be viewed as a successor to Punch-Out, but that game, popular as it was, didn't quite leave the same impact as Splatoon, the other brand new Nintendo series. I don't know if they're going to keep ARMS going or not, but if they did, maybe they could let the Bruiser of the Bronx join in the fun, huh? Huh? Or at least bring Captain Falcon in? I just, I just want to see Captain Falcon punch things. Is that so wrong? Despite differences, I more often compare Punch-Out to Kid Icarus rather than ARMS. They were both around in the old days, they had a game or two, then radio silence from Nintendo. Suddenly, Super Smash Bros. Brawl happens, Pit is a fighter, Mac is an assist character, and BAM! Punch-Out for Wii and Kid Icarus Uprising for 3DS. Wow, it looks like these series are making a comeback- oh, never mind. Just one and done. Make one new game, call it a day. Speaking of Smash Brothers, I guess it's obligatory to discuss Little Mac's appearances in there. Before the Wii Punch-Out, Little Mac made an appearance in Super Smash Bros. Brawl as an assist trophy, like I said. And then he was later promoted into a full-on fighter in the fourth game, and of course, coming back in Ultimate. And sadly, he is consistently one of the worst of the playable fighters, if not the worst, in the whole series. They really wanted to emphasize his boxing career by making him only good at punching and making him only good at fighting on the ground. Every airborne attack just sucks. And while I understand what they were doing, I think it was really misguided of them because there's a lot more potential for air stuff than there is for just plain old ground stuff. People can kind of find their workarounds with Little Mac, but he's generally not worth it to hear more seasoned players talk about him. That's really sad, because you know, no one deserves to be the worst character. I still have fun playing with him, though, but I never really use him when I'm trying to be serious. And that's not to imply I'm really good at Smash Brothers by any means. Don't get the wrong idea. But yeah, Little Mac, he's, he's not the champion here, I'll say that. He's also not the first summon character to become a fighter. That honor goes to Charizard, who was a Pokemon in Melee, possibly the original game, I don't remember, but got playable in Brawl, and then stayed in the series ever since. Mac is at least the first assist trophy to get that honor, though. And he was shortly followed by Dark Samus and... The Dog... For a while, I wondered if Mac's appearance in Brawl, coupled with the Wii's quirky controls, got people clamoring for a new Punch-Out, so they decided to listen and they made the Wii Punch-Out game. And while Punch-Out for Wii doesn't seem like it had an enormous budget, I'm gonna say that's probably not the case. It was already being developed. Games take much longer to create than the layman recognizes. Even if it is a simple game, I have to applaud the work they did for Punch-Out! Wii. For one, it's fully voice acted, and this is a game with a lot of nationalities in it. The game was developed by Next Level Games in British Columbia, Canada, which I believe has a very culturally diverse population, which means that a lot of local talent was available to voice the foreign boxers fluently. Glass Joe speaks exclusively in French, Von Kaiser in German, Soda Popinski in Russian, and so on and so forth. Going back to Donkey Kong existing in the game, I have to wonder if Punch-Out exists in the Mario Expanded Universe, because some people might know that Mario was the referee in the NES game, 
And that wasn't just an Easter egg where, oh, the referee looks like Mario. That was actually Mario. In one of the timeouts during a fight with Don Flamenco, Don will refer to Mario by name. The referee is just some random guy in the Wii version, but there's still Donkey Kong himself. And, well, this is only tangentially related, I want to talk about how Charles Martinet, the voice of Mario, did all the voices for the Super Nintendo Punch-Out!, after Mario quit refereeing, but before any game where Mario himself had a voice. Very funny timing on Charles' part there. And since we're stuck on Mario, I'd like to take a moment to talk about how Little Mac follows in his footsteps. Mario's quirky fashion sense came about due to the limitations of older video game machines trying to depict a character with only limited colors and graphics to work with. In the arcade Punch-Out, they made you a wireframe character so that you could see your opponent. But that was a little too hard for the NES to handle, so they made Mac really short to compensate. That's why he's Little Mac. His Super Nintendo equivalent, who I hesitate to acknowledge as Mac, is back up to a more normal height, and now he can turn translucent, further making this game more similar to the arcade. Then in the Wii game, they made Mac short again, probably more for tradition than anything else, because he still turns a little bit translucent. Punch-Out! is practically a puzzle game, and in fact, I think Nintendo might have said as much at one point. While the sporting event that is boxing is in the foreground, the gameplay is all about watching your opponent carefully reacting in just the right way, be it a directional dodge, a block, or an attack of opportunity. I don't know if this is true for every version, but in the Wii game, I found that almost every fighter follows a script. They do the same attacks in the same order. This means you can rely on memory alone to breeze through some of the fights, and win them instantly if you're skilled enough to exploit the instant knockouts. That would explain why the game has such a speedrun following, I think. This rote memorization is how I managed to defeat Bald Bull. Oh, I knocked him down three times in the first round, but he made me work for it. It took me several tries. I think apart from Mike Tyson and Donkey Kong, Bald Bull might be considered the toughest of the boxers to beat. They even had a joke on Family Guy once about Peter praying to God for advice on beating Bald Bull. On the subject of Bald Bull, I think he's one of the few characters to appear in just about every iteration of Punch-Out!, He might have sat out of at least one, but he has the best attendance record, I think. He even appears in the arm wrestling game under a disguise. Today's favorite songs will just be one song, but there are so many versions of it. The most memorable of all Punch-Out! music is easily the fight theme from the NES game. Super Punch-Out! had its own music, but the Wii game ignored it and borrowed the NES game's soundtrack and spruced it up. You get the Punch-Out! fight theme, but now you get remixes left, right, and center. Minor Circuit, Major Circuit, World Circuit, Minor Circuit Title Bout, Major Circuit Title Bout, not to mention the national remixes of the song to go with each opponent during the exhibition matches. And they all have suitable remixes of the same jingle for when you get knocked down, when you knock the other guy down, when you lose or win. I'll be a basic Bob and say that my favorite versions of the theme are the generic minor, major, and world circuit versions of the songs. Minor in particular, it really feels like the essence of Punch-Out. 
There's been times where I actually almost got teary-eyed with nostalgia for a game I never even played, being the NES game. World Circuit is just a more intense version of the song, but lively enough that I can enjoy it, even if it's not as intense as the Mr. Sandman remix, which has the distinction of being the only character-specific remix to appear in the career mode. Major Circuit theme is the middle of the bunch, but it lasts in my memory for being a slower take on the song. Kind of like we got over the excitement of the minor circuit, now we have to take things a bit more seriously, but it's still not as rough as the World Circuit version. Music for the Wii game was done by Mike Peacock, Darren Radke, and Chad York. I believe they, working for Next Level Games, took the same remix approach to Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, and I liked it there too. By the way, Luigi's Mansion and Dark Moon were discussed in Bit 52 of the show, if you're interested. And on the subject of plugs, I guess now, here at the end of the episode, it's the part where I tell you that the BitCast is on Twitter, and you can follow it there to hear me discuss what I think of things going on in games, or just little jokes I'm making. The BitCast is on Podcast One's website and mobile app. So just follow it there if you like. It's also on iTunes. I don't really have anything else to say about Punch-Out, really. It's a really good game. It's it's a small series, for sure, but that's not too bad, actually. When you have a small series, there's a lot less drama going around. And with all that said, I'll see you on the next one. Listen to BitCast anytime on podcast1.com and on the Podcast One app.